Hello, and thank you for joining us. Um, today's topic, so, so excited about. This has been, gosh, Caitlin, what would you say, two years in the making? Yeah, at least two years, if not longer. Yeah, so um, it has been laid on our hearts for a long time. And now is the time that we get to share this topic with you, and we are going to talk about mentoring. I'm Carissa. And I'm Caitlin. And this is Jesus in the Ordinary podcast. Where we discuss life from diapers to disciples and everything in between. We are wives, sisters, mothers, and friends, and we know how hard all of these hats can be. So come join us as we meet Jesus in the ordinary, everyday moment. Titus 2 verses 4 and 5 say, These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Perfect. So we kind of talked about in our previous episode how those verses are kind of what uh, started this whole thing for us. Um, just kind of our passion for seeing women mentor and be mentored by other women. And so we're going to jump right in and talk about what is mentoring. Um, now I want to kind of make a little disclaimer that in this particular episode, in this case, we're talking about biblical mentorship. And so mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of different forms of mentorship that you could have, like leadership development or personal growth. Um, but in this case, we're specifically talking about biblical mentorship. So I just want to make that clear before we start. Um, so what is mentoring? Mentoring ultimately is this relationship between, um, specifically in the case that we're discussing, between an older woman and a younger woman. Um, it's not this list of rules that the, the older woman's going to give the younger woman that they're just supposed to meet these ex- expectations or check these things off of the list or um, meet some standard. Um, what it really is in its simplest form is just doing life together, learning from each other and supporting each other in your personal relationship with the Lord and what that would look like um, in terms of just supporting each other as you grow, as you walk through struggles, as you celebrate victories in your faith. And so at its simplest form, it really is just this everyday relationship between an older woman and a younger woman and just that um, just that growth that they can have together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, as you said, we're, we're talking about this concept of biblical mentoring. And so Um, all over the Bible, which is obviously the foundation for the concept is, um, everything we do, we talk about is going to be a biblical basis. And so, um, just this concept of mentoring, you can find in a lot of places in the Bible, um, Timothy and Paul, uh, Samuel and Eli, Ruth and Naomi, and then the ultimate Jesus and his disciples. And so, um, Naomi and Ruth this is um, an interesting relationship because it is based solely on trust. Okay. They, they lost the important people in their lives and uh, they're, you know, uh, Naomi is trying to leave and go back and Ruth, it says, 
clings to her leg and and says, you know, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go where you go. I'll I'll live where you live. I'll be with your people and your God will be my God. And so it's this ultimate trust relationship that those two have. And then um, the other example, uh, I just want to give a few points is with Jesus and the disciples. Um, Jesus was the ultimate mentor. Okay. If, if, mm-hmm. if you had a doubt that it was a biblical concept, look at Jesus in his life. Um, he was there. He took the disciples. He asked them to leave everything, come with me and learn from me essentially. And so um, Jesus was willing to teach them and he didn't just, you know, here, sit down. Let me tell you all this information and you do with it what you want. He brought them into his life and he allowed them to observe miracles and how he lived and how he loved people. Um, And he also corrected them when they needed it. And then the concept that Jesus portrayed that I love the most or the characteristic is that he asked questions. They came to him, you know, the disciples would come to him and say, Hey, I have a question about this. Why did you do this? Or why is it this way? And Jesus didn't just say, well, here's your answer. Right. He just kind of like, was like, here, I'm going to ask you some questions. Well, why do you think I did it this way? Or did you see what happened when I did that? Or just asking questions so that the disciples could come to the conclusions and the answers on their own. And I think really that's, that's what you'll find in a biblical mentoring relationship is the mentor will, will probably not flat out lay out an answer for you. They will get you to prayerfully and biblically consider what you like or what the answer will be for yourself. So. Right. Yeah, I love those points that you brought up because I think for a lot of people, uh, some of the obstacles that they face when they, you know, maybe are pulled to this idea of mentorship. One of the big ones is trust, vulnerability, transparency. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the things that some people really struggle with. How do I put myself out there? How do I really trust somebody with like my intimate personal struggles in my walk with the Lord or in my relationship with my husband or in parenting my children? Um, And so we're going to dig a little bit deeper in just a bit into some of these obstacles. But um, I think that just that trust, like you talked about, that trust can be a really big obstacle for people in being willing to put themselves out there in that mentorship relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few of the other kind of obstacles that people have brought to us or that we, in chatting with women, that we have um, talked with them about is finding a mentor. Um, sometimes that can feel really intimidating and overwhelming. Um, sometimes maybe they just feel like they don't have a trustworthy worthy person in their life that they could place in that role um sometimes it might be the idea of like you said this person is just going to lay this all out there give you all these rules and expectations and kind of meet them Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes that can really be intimidating and then also just that that idea of what is it going to look like what what will we do what will we say to each other how will this look um all of those things can kind of be an obstacle to uh, mentoring and to a woman being willing to step out and putting herself into that, either the role of the mentor or being willing to come to someone and say, I, I want to mentor. I want to be one of those younger women that look up to you and that glean from your wisdom. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think too, when we face all these obstacles, obviously like one of the first things that we have to do um, as the mentee is to obviously pray, pray about the fact that you want a mentor, pray about who it could be and pray about just the direction that it should go. And that should be ultimately the first foundation of that because if it's not in God's will, why would we want it essentially? Um, And so once you've done that, you'll just kind of, um, yeah, I guess start to go about uh, finding a mentor, um, approaching someone. And I do also want to put out there that when you're approaching someone to be your mentor, when you go and ask them the question, will you be my mentor? You're giving them that ultimate trust. You are opening yourself up to being vulnerable with them, letting them see all the goods and the dirty, ugliest parts of your life, because that's what they're there to help you walk through. (laughs) So that will be, yeah, you just have to be aware that that's what you're getting yourself into as the mentee. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is, you know, a lot of women are like, well, what does it actually look like? What does a mentorship relationship actually look like practically how do we live that out um and I think like you said you know being willing to just really pray about it and say okay am I ready to take that step can I commit to that kind of relationship that really ultimately is our first our first um kind of obstacle that we have to overcome or our first step Mm -hmm. um but I think we can really get caught up in analyzing or overanalyzing in my case I'm an overanalyzer um overanalyzing just those those like specifics or those details of like well what is it going to look like how can we do this how should I approach this um and I guess the encouragement that we want to give in all of this is just take that bold first step just take that step and sometimes that might look like just attending an event at your church that maybe you don't usually attend or approaching that woman that you um, see sitting in the front row in front of you and just introducing yourself saying hi. Um, Sometimes what it can look like has to start with that first step and has to start with us making that commitment that, you know, we want to be a part of this mentorship experience. We know that the Bible calls us to that. And that's kind of the first thing that we need to do and uh, to get the ball rolling on that. Yeah. Yep. And actually that um, we had asked a while ago, um, just to put out some questions on or uh, uh, asked what people would have questions about as far as, you know, how to find a mentor, all those kind of questions. And so um, we'll kind of dive into that because I think a lot of those questions, if we can answer those, you'll feel a little bit easier in the whole can I be a mentor? Can I find a mentor? Can I do this essentially? So um, the first, ultimately, that's ultimately oh, yeah. our goal. We really just want to like make it easy. We want it to mm-hmm. feel accessible. We want it to feel natural. Um, that's just really our heart's cry, you know, for women is just, we want that to be a part of your life and a part of your walk. Yep. Women coming alongside other women. <laughs> just mm-hmm. Awesome concept. So um, the first question then is how do I find a mentor? And Caitlin, I'll let you take this one because I know you, this is your little mini passion inside the mentoring. (laughs) Yeah. So first I would say 
my biggest piece of advice is that the best mentorship relationships come from those just natural, organically created relationships that we already have in our church or with other women, maybe even in our families or, um, you know, just families that we might know. And so I think the, the best way really to start by finding a mentor is to put yourself out there. And again, mm-hmm. like I said before, that might look like um, attending a women's event. I know our church is really great about putting on craft nights or um, panel discussions or whatever those things might be that other women of all ages are going to be with. And I think the all ages is really key and really important. You know, yep. we can have those strong relationships with women our own age because of course we want people who are in that same season of life with us to encourage us to um, walk in the trenches with us but it's important that we are surrounding ourselves by women who are older than us who are younger than us so that we can start to build those relationships Um, and if if your church doesn't have those kind of organized events or things like that I would say another good option is to approach your pastor or youth pastor or elder or worship leader or whoever in your leadership, the leadership of your church that you're most comfortable with and just tell them what you're looking for. Be open and honest. Is there a woman you know that would fit this um, role for me? Is there a woman you know that would be willing to step into that position or that would be a really good fit for you know, this mentoring relationship. And that can also be a really great place to start. Yeah, yep. And that actually kind of a little bit ties into the second question, which is how do I become a mentor? And uh, like you explained, that whole organic relationship concept is chances are if you find a younger woman that is kind of like hanging out with you or every Sunday they come up and say, hey, how are you doing? chances are they maybe even without even knowing are looking for a mentor and so it's like just that organic relationship that can turn into that and um, the other point you said as well is just go to your pastor and just say hey I would like to mentor someone so if you hear of anyone looking please send them my way and we can you know discuss this talk about this see if it'd be a good fit kind of thing and so yeah the building relationships is the the key it really is. And I think, you know, we we maybe tend to focus because of the age range that we are in, you know, we're in our 30s. So we are focusing maybe mostly on where are these older women at? We want to find them. We want to <laughs> learn from them. We want to gain wisdom from them. But I would also challenge the women that are our age to be bold in creating those relationships with those younger women, those ones who, you know, are just entering the dating relationship or, and newly engaged or just married or has their first child because those are things that we have walked through already that we can begin to cultivate that relationship um, with those younger women as well so that we can also step into that role of mentor mm-hmm. yeah and uh next question we got was what if i can't open up yeah i think that can be a challenge really for anybody um you know, we probably all naturally have that tendency to want to save those personal things that we walk through for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I know that our natural instinct too is to just like close ourselves off because it's easier. It doesn't hurt if 
you know, we, if we stay closed, it doesn't hurt. We don't have to get hurt. We don't have to get heartbroken. We don't have to get um, criticized, whatever that may be. Um, and so really that's kind of something where you're going to want to really search your heart. And like you said, bring it back to prayer, you know, pray, pray through that with the Lord. Why can I not open up? What's stopping me from this? And honestly, if you can't open up, that truly is the best sign that you probably need a mentor and should be, you know, talking with someone about some of the things that you're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I'm guilty of this as well, but I think it's so interesting because us not like not wanting to open up is like the human side, but Jesus and God, they already know all those deep, dark, inner workings of your heart and mind. And so it's just interesting. Like it's an interesting concept because God already knows all of that. But the human nature side of us says, well, nobody else can see it. And so, um, and, and two, I would say, ask yourself why, because if, if you're at a place where you're like, well, yes, I want to, but I can't with this person, then you need to ask yourself why you need to ask yourself if your heart's in it, you need to ask yourself, um, if maybe just there's something about this person that's not the right fit for you. And it's okay if it's not, that's the whole goal of initially finding a mentor is to find somebody that you truly can open up with and that you're comfortable opening up with. Right. Um, And then this uh, ties into the next question, which was what if I don't handle constructive criticism? Well, who does? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think again, going back to why, what, what, what is at the root of me not wanting to, um, be instructed or be um, guided in that. And, you know, I think back to when I was a new mom, especially that feeling of like being so vulnerable, like, okay, this tiny human relies on me. I want to do the best that I can. I want to be the best for them. And sometimes that uh, advice from older women or those things that they may comment on can really hurt and can really make you want to shut down because you're like, what do they, do they see that I'm lacking? Do they see that I'm not enough? Do they see that, um, you know, maybe I'm not the best fit for my child, husband, whoever it is. Um, but I would really challenge you and something that I have had to work on in my life as well is that we really have to look at the heart of that person. And so if you're in a mentorship relationship with someone that you trust, someone that you uh, look up to, who is wise and knowledgeable in the ways of the Lord, just you really have to think of what is their motivation? Where is their heart at? Um, and sometimes if we can just step back and say, okay, their, their heart is for me and for me to be better in my relationship with Christ and in my relationship with my family, then I think we can take a step back. We can absorb whatever that is that we don't like or that we didn't want to hear. And we can really say, okay, I know, I know that it didn't feel good hearing that, but their motivation is truly and their motivation is really for my good. Mm-hmm. And like you said too, like the evaluating of the heart, because in today's world where it's on the defense right away versus, you know, like you said, take a step back and see where their heart is at. So you have to evaluate your heart as well and say, well, am I all fired up going into today's 
talk with my mentor because I saw all of this on social media or so-and-so pointed this out to me. And so it's like, you have to get your heart in the right spot when you're reaching out to your mentor in order to fully receive what they have to tell you. And because this mentoring relationship is based on um, just, you know, faith and having God at the foundation of it. And so sometimes what the mentor is saying for you is a word from the Lord. So you have to really just go in it with your heart in the right spot, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. I think that can sometimes be the hard thing for us. And that's why we said right away in the beginning is like, before you even start this, make sure that you're in a good place with whatever will come of that. Because as soon as you make that step, as soon as you ask for that mentor, you're giving them your trust and your faith in in what they may say to you mm-hmm. um, and obviously all of all of what they would still say still needs to go through your own um, process still needs to go back to the Lord back to the Bible and you know you still need to use discernment but yeah. it definitely does come down to you know evaluating your heart and and why is it that I can't take that or why I can't hear that mm-hmm. yep and then the next question then is, should my mentor have the same personality and viewpoints or different? Short answer is both. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think it's one that a lot of people wonder about. Um, Ultimately, finding someone exactly like you in every way, first of all, is impossible. But second of all, (laughs) isn't going to do you any good. Mm -hmm. It's not going to do you any good if every time you bring something up, your mentor 100% agrees with you or Mm -hmm. every time you're struggling through something your mentor because obviously if I'm struggling through something I'd be like oh it's okay you'll get it you'll figure it out if your mentor (laughs) has the same attitude it's kind of a useless mentorship relationship yep you know what I mean we can't we ultimately can't have somebody who is the same exact personality as us I don't know that that would ever even happen Mm -hmm. um but I want to touch on the the idea of do they have to have the same viewpoints as me say because we are specifically talking about a biblical mentoring relationship the answer to that is absolutely yes Mm -hmm. in in most cases and so let me let me just make a disclaimer there that there are things that matter to our salvation there are theological topics that matter there are things that can make or break um, our salvation really Mm -hmm. and then there are also things that we should not allow into our hearts or into our minds or into our lives and so when we're talking about having the same viewpoints we obviously want to make sure that that person is a believer um, and that they are solid in their faith and again we can if we go back to the bible we can know if they are a believer by the fruit of their spirit that's how that's how we have to use discernment we have to decide what is the fruit of their life and if christ is in them and you can see that then that's the kind of person that you want to align with right Mm -hmm. my viewpoint is I'm a Christian I want to grow in my faith and and also so is this person that's great I would say though that on on things that aren't a salvation issue it would be okay if you guys didn't have the same viewpoint it would be okay if your way of handling conflict or walking through it is different than theirs or if um, your perspective on situations in, in life is different than theirs because it's good for us to surround ourselves with people who view things differently as us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, it's important to keep in mind that um, 
they've, I guess for us, speaking for us, so if, you know, us, I'm in my 30s, if I'm looking for a mentor, chances are they have walked through a life that doesn't look like what they have now. Chances are they were a teenager that had some struggles that were, whether they were same or different than what I had. And so uh, I think that's important to keep in mind as well is because they've, they've seen, they've lived all these different, you know, personalities and whatever throughout their life that they can then pour into us. Um, and then kind of actually it goes into the next question, which is what does mentoring look like? Or even more so, what does it not look like? And as far as the what it does not look like, um, I just want to point out that th we're not talking here. So let's say I have a mentor that I go to meetings with and I am also mentoring someone else. This is not a gossip. This is not, you know, I go to her in prayer and or my mentor for prayer and she maybe asks me just to pray for her on something. You don't go to your, you know, the younger one and say, hey, so-and-so needs prayer for this. Like that's that's not the relationship that this is. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's a verse or two before the ones that you read in the beginning, but it does talk a lot about gossip and slander and, you know, just being a woman of integrity. So yeah, it's absolutely not a, not a gossip or event session. Um, but as far as what it does look like, it really is just living life alongside of someone. Um, obviously there will be specific things that can be done or should be done in a mentorship relationship mm -hmm. such as praying for each other um, you know reading scripture together encouraging each other in in our walk and in our faith so that might look like uh, maybe celebrating victories maybe something really great happened in your relationship with the Lord and you want to celebrate that want to talk about it um, but also addressing struggles that we have so what things mm -hmm. are we really struggling with in our walk with Lord what things are we doubting? What things are we questioning? So, so all of that though can still be done in a. Mm -hmm. I think that can be a, a really good thing is when you're living life in those everyday moments together, going out for coffee or, you know, inviting them to your kid's birthday party or to a holiday party that you're hosting or, whatever it might be, you can still have the biblical encouragement and the prayer, but still just live life together. And I think that's ultimately what our heart's desire is for all women is to have somebody that you can just live life truly and genuinely with. Yeah. Yep. And as far as let's say I'm the mentor and I'm mentoring someone. And so that also is, um, takes place as well. And so to invite the younger person into our lives as well. And um, as far as one of the questions we had gotten was how often do we meet? And I think, like you said, it's just kind of like the, the whole living of the life you mentioned, you know, if you're digging deeper into the Bible, you could maybe, you know, set up a weekly, biweekly, monthly, whatever meeting where, you know, you're going to discuss the Bible study or the whatever that you happen to be going through. But the structure is just so, free essentially yeah. I mean you can just live life but be cautious not to continue to push it off so you know life gets in the way something comes up kids are sick that's fine but make sure you reschedule it don't let it be something that 
falls to the side. And as well, if you're the mentor, if they have something come up, understand that, but keep pushing, you know, keep, okay, we missed it. Can we, can we get it, you know, on the calendar or whatever it is? Because Satan likes to work hard to, you know, we're, we're at home, we're doing kingdom work in our children. And so Satan can get in the way of that. And so you have to, as the mentor, just continue to reach out to that, you know, younger one that you're working. We need to do this. You know, I'm praying for you. You know, we need to get this done. So. Absolutely. I think that's a really important point because sometimes I think without a little bit of structure, we can get maybe lackadaisical on that and just have that attitude of like, okay, we're just living life together. But yeah, finding that good balance of structuring it without um, maybe overstructuring it, I guess. And I would also say too, um, you know, in the beginning, maybe just set like a time frame. Set like, okay, we're gonna meet for a total of three months, once or twice a month, and what does that look like and how does it go? And then after your three months, then you guys can kind of see like what worked, what didn't work, um, what should we do going forward. And I think kind of giving it that trial run can be a really good way to figure out schedules and to figure out um maybe even emotionally what works best. Sometimes you're not emotionally there enough to meet once every, you know, week. Sometimes mm-hmm. you might need that little bit of a break to, okay, just recoup and work through those things that you discussed in the process, maybe even to heal from things that came up in it. And then to be able to say, okay, here I am now ready to give it my all again. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good. Um, we have a couple more questions we'll address. Um, this next one, what if I don't feel qualified? Um, I know it's a good one, right? Uh, I know. So the other night my husband and I were kind of talking and we were talking about David and how, you know, instantly the, the story of David is, you know, David and Goliath, this little guy has, has enough faith to walk up, throw a stone, slay the giant. Okay. But, Later in his life, he's king and Bathsheba comes about and that whole situation takes place. And yet David is referred to a man after God's own heart. And so I think it's important to remember that even if we don't feel qualified, God sees something in us that he will give us the tools that we need to be qualified if if that's in his will. Absolutely. And I think, again, just going back to the Bible, there are so, so many examples of God using men and women that were not capable and that were not qualified. Mm-hmm. And, but, um, and I think that's important to note that God will give you what you need. God will equip you and provide for you um, if you just step out in faith, because none of us are perfect. None of us will ever be perfect. We are as Christians striving to be like Christ, mm-hmm. we can never, ever get to that perfect standard. And so, you know, giving ourselves grace, giving ourselves the chance to say, okay, I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, I think of that even with my relationship with my children. There are so many times where they come to me with questions, you know, some of them about the Bible or some of them about animals that they're wondering about or whatever it is. And I have to, take a step back and say, uh, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. 
but I'm going to go find it and we're going to come <laughs> back and we're going to talk about it later and, and we'll grow and learn together. Mm-hmm. And I think of that, um, I think of the story of Moses in the Bible where he's in the middle of battle and he sits down on this rock and Aaron and her come and just grab his arms and they're holding his arms up in worship while he's just sitting there like kind of just, he feels empty. He's got nothing left to give. And mm-hmm. I think that's just such a beautiful picture of what it looks alongside of, of each other and to support each other, you know, as the mentor, as the mentee, um, just none of us are good enough on our own. We really aren't. And so mm-hmm. finding our strength in Christ, finding that capability in Christ and that the, just because I'm the older woman in, in a mentorship relationship doesn't mean that I have to have it all together or that I have to be perfect. Um, yeah. The two of you are growing and learning together in a lot of ways. And I think it's a beautiful thing just to experience that, you know, vulnerability in, okay, I don't know. I don't have the answers and I want to find them and I want to grow and I want to learn just like you do. Mm-hmm. Or even, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but even when I'm talking to someone younger and they just like start telling me all these things that they, you know, interpreted or learned or gleaned from the Bible. And I'm like, Oh, like I just learned from you. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. yeah, like you said, it's just that this beautiful thing. Yeah. I think that perspective is important. You know, the, the things that we can't see other people do see. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then this last question, um, was an intense question, but obviously one that needed to be addressed. Um, what if we get a strained relationship or there's just this huge conflict that cannot be resolved b- between me and the mentor? Anyone? Obviously that would not be like the ideal in a mentorship relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we always have to go back again to what is the intention of this relationship? And are we aligned in our values and our morals? And if we're not, you know, about putting yourself out there and, and being vulnerable is realizing sometimes that you have to pull back and maybe you have to have that lost relationship or that broken heart in order to move on and to grow. But there are some times where we may, you know, face that situation where, okay, this person that I trusted or that I um, valued or believed in now does not believe in what I thought they believed in. And again, I'll go back to saying, you know, is it a salvation issue? Is it something worth fighting for? And if it is, then sometimes we have to make that decision to, you know, keep our relationship with the Lord intact and walk away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know speaking for myself, um, obviously growing up, I had, you know, friendships or whatever that I had to walk away from, but even, even, you know, my husband and I, as marriage, um, there came a point when we had to walk away from a relationship that we thought was just, you know, one of those life relationships, like we were going to do life with them. We were going to learn from them. We were going to, you know, and we had Mm -hmm. to walk away from that. And it, it, I'm here to say to, if you are feeling like you're in that situation where you absolutely have to walk away, I want you to know that it is okay. That that Mm -hmm. is something that you're probably feeling really heavy in the moment and, you know, oh, we did do this all together. And, you know, we thought this was going to be for good. And am I being silly that I can't get over this or that this happened or whatever it is. And it's okay 
because the Lord may be calling you to something else. And so Mm -hmm. lift that burden off of yourself and know that it's okay to walk away, especially for the betterment of your faith and the betterment of your family, because ultimately in life at all, those should be, you know, two top priorities. The highest should be your relationship with the Lord and then family right after that. And so if you get to a place where you have to walk away, do it. Yeah. And, and don't, don't be closed off to other mentoring relationships, but don't jump in right away. If that makes sense. Like, I'm not saying, you know, go like, Hey, so-and-so can you be my mentor now? But take time to heal, take time to process everything that happened and then prayerfully consider whether or not you're ready for another mentoring relationship. Yeah, absolutely. We have to have discernment. Ultimately, we have to be able to trust what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And so if, if the relationship is going against that, yeah, absolutely something has to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think it's great that this was even a question because you don't want to think about that happening. And obviously, again, that's worst case scenario in a mentorship relationship. But sometimes people change and that's mm-hmm. not always for the better. Um, and so we have to be able to, to know what is the purpose of this mentorship relationship or any mentorship relationship. And if it doesn't suit the purpose anymore, if it doesn't make you feel closer to Christ or help you in your walk with Christ, then yeah, it, it has to be, it has to be over. Mm-hmm. And even uh, a little simpler is uh, if you're just kind of facing a conflict um, where you disagree on something that is not a, a faith issue, um, listen, listen to what they have to say, um, and then take your turn, <laughs> speak what you have to say, and just see if it's something that you can work through, and see if it's just a, a place where the Lord is having you two have those hard conversations so you both can grow in your faith through that. Mm-hmm. I'll add to that too by saying that time is a big key to that. Take a step back. If you're really at a point where you're feeling like there's a lot of conflict, there's a lot of struggle, there's a lot of whatever that is, that tension, take a step back, both of you. Take the time to process through that, work through that with the Lord on your own. And then, like you said, come back and say, can this be, can this be fixed? Can this be mended? Is this God's way of growing me? You know, we grow through challenges, we grow through struggles. And so is that, is that the time for that or is it time to move on? But time, I think, can really help us give, get that good perspective. Yeah. Yes, I agree. That is so good. Um, as you can hopefully hear from how we're talking about this, like we said, this is a huge passion of ours. And so we hope that this episode just kind of serves as a guide to help you feel more equipped to get into the concept of mentoring. And uh, you can find us on Instagram over at Jesus in the Ordinary and reach out. If you have any questions, if you want to talk a little bit more about it, reach out, send us a message, and we will answer the questions as best we can. And also, um, go to your church, go see what kind of information they have for you to get involved in mentoring or if you can start a mentoring program or just just try to bring awareness to this concept of mentoring 
that is women doing life with other women on the foundation of Christ. So with that, um, I'm just going to say a little prayer. Lord, um, thank you for these women. Thank you for the women that are sitting here listening, for those who have this passion for mentoring or who maybe need some extra help with their faith and want to find a mentor for them. Um, Lord, just continue to work and then continue to grow that desire, Lord, and put the right people in place for them to line up with the right mentor or mentee and um, just be their guide, Lord. And thank you for them joining us today and uh, for hearing this message that you have placed on our hearts to share with other women. And we just ask that you go with us throughout the day and throughout our weeks. And Lord, just be with us in the ordinary. We ask all this in your name. Amen.